Section 17 of A Failure of Initiative. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. A Failure of Initiative. Final Report of the Select Bipartisan Committee to Investigate the Preparation for and Response to Hurricane Katrina by the United States House of Representatives. Chapter 7, Part 2. Evacuation. Continued. Finding. Despite adequate warning, 56 hours before landfall, Governor Blanco and Mayor Nagin delayed ordering a mandatory evacuation in New Orleans until 19 hours before landfall. Terms for voluntary and mandatory evacuations lack clear definitions. A wide variety of terms were used to describe the levels of evacuation orders, indicating a lack of clarity and a potential point of confusion for the resident population. For example, the different parishes used a wide variety of terms to describe the level of evacuation imposed before declaring a mandatory evacuation. These terms included a precautionary evacuation, a voluntary evacuation, a recommended evacuation, a highly recommended evacuation, and a highly suggested evacuation. It appeared many of these officials were bending over backward to avoid using the term mandatory. Throughout our discussions in all three states, select committee staff were unable to find a clear and consistent definition of a mandatory evacuation. However, there was a consensus among almost all officials in all three states that even under a mandatory evacuation, authorities would not forcibly remove someone from their home. For example, in the case of Louisiana, both Blanco and LOH-SEP Deputy Director Colonel Jeff Smith emphatically rejected the idea that people could be forcibly removed from their homes, even under a mandatory evacuation order. Blanco said, Well, in the United States of America, you don't force people out of their homes. You urge them. Smith said, It is America. You can't force people onto buses. You can't go into their houses at gunpoint and leave. Under Alabama state law, a mandatory evacuation declaration by the governor is required before counties can take certain actions to ensure maximum compliance with local orders by those at risk. But regarding the practical meaning and effect of mandatory versus voluntary evacuations, Riley said, We probably need to come up with a better definition of what mandatory is, we call it a mandatory evacuation because everyone else calls it a mandatory evacuation. But do we arrest anyone? No. Do we send people door to door? Absolutely. We have a phone system that they can explain to you in just a moment, where we have an automated system that calls every resident, asks them to leave, advises them with a phone message of how important it is. We keep doing it until we get in touch with everyone. Do you ever get to the point that everyone is going to leave? I don't think so. 
nevertheless it is clear to the select committee that declaring a mandatory evacuation delivers a more powerful statement to the public than declaring a voluntary or similarly worded evacuation a mandatory evacuation implies that individuals do not have a choice that the government will not be able to protect them and provide relief if they remain and it generally conveys a higher level of urgency federal state and local officials recognized the potential for catastrophe and flooding and communicated that potential among themselves and to the public regardless of the various terms used for evacuations federal officials fully informed blanco and new orleans mayor c ray nagin about the threat to new orleans on the evening of august twenty seventh national hurricane center director max mayfield called blanco and later spoke to nagin about the power of hurricane katrina also on sunday president bush called blanco to express his concern for the people of new orleans and the dangers they faced and urged a mandatory evacuation on sunday the slidell office of the national weather service issued a very strongly worded warning at approximately ten a m devastating damage expected hurricane katrina a most powerful hurricane with unprecedented strength rivaling the intensity of hurricane camille of nineteen sixty nine most of the area will be uninhabitable for weeks perhaps longer at least half of well-constructed homes will have roof and wall failure all gabled roofs will fail leaving those homes severely damaged or destroyed water shortages will make human suffering incredible by modern standards state and local officials also urged the public to evacuate by foretelling the potentially catastrophic consequences for example beginning on saturday august twenty seventh blanco publicly urged citizens to evacuate the city expressing her concern for the strength of the levees against at least a category four storm in several interviews on saturday and sunday blanco stated that flooding in new orleans was a major concern on saturday at approximately eight p m she appeared on cnn and said that in new orleans the storm surge could bring in fifteen to twenty feet of water people in the city of new orleans will not survive that if indeed that happens in the sunday morning papers it was reported that she had said the water levels could reach as high as twenty feet in a television interview on sunday blanco was asked if the fifteen-foot levees could survive the storm and she replied i don't think anything can tolerate a storm surge of fifteen to twenty feet in a fox news interview on sunday nagin was very specific about the threat he said whether the levees would hold was the big question he said he hoped people who stayed in the french quarter would go up to their homes second or third story and bring something to chop through their roofs he expressed his worry that the levees have never truly been tested the way they're getting ready to be tested if there's a breach and if they start to fail it probably will create somewhat of a domino effect which would pour even more water into the city blanco's staff also called ministers on saturday to urge them to tell their congregations to get out 
and apparently the mayor and his staff did similar things. But these steps were clearly insufficient. The declarations of a mandatory evacuation were delayed, or never made, in metropolitan New Orleans. Neither Blanco nor Nagin, however, ordered a mandatory evacuation until Sunday morning. According to the Saturday newspapers, Nagin said he will make a decision about evacuations and other emergency procedures Saturday about noon. At a news conference on Saturday, Nagin announced, Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a test, this is the real deal. But as late as Saturday afternoon, according to news reports, Nagin was consulting city lawyers about legal liability to the city's businesses for lost revenue from evacuating customers. In addition, despite express authority to commandeer resources and enforce or facilitate the evacuation of the city of New Orleans, and despite recognition of the probability that Hurricane Katrina would cause breaches of the levees and flooding of the city, Blanco and Nagin did not exercise those authorities by declaring a mandatory evacuation, and enforcing it, or using state and city resources to facilitate the evacuation, of those who could not or would not, absent extraordinary measures and assistance, evacuate. This extraordinary storm required extraordinary measures, which the governor and mayor did not take. Finally, on Sunday morning at around 11 a.m. Central Time, 19 hours before projected landfall, Nagin announced the issuance of a mandatory evacuation order. According to the New Orleans plan, that gave the mayor the authority to direct and compel by any necessary and reasonable force the evacuation of all or part of the population from any stricken or threatened area within the city, if he deems this action necessary for the preservation of life or for disaster mitigation, response, or recovery. As previously noted, the New Orleans plan also recognizes that the safe evacuation of threatened populations when endangered by a major catastrophic event is one of the principal reasons for developing a comprehensive emergency management plan and that special arrangements will be made to evacuate persons unable to transport themselves or who require special life-saving assistance in a joint news conference on sunday morning blanco and nagin continued to express their concerns and explain the reason for the mayor's issuing a mandatory evacuation order their comments raised the question as to why given the severity of the predicted catastrophe the mandatory evacuation was not ordered sooner. Mayor Nagin, Ladies and gentlemen, I wish I had better news for you, but we are facing a storm that most of us have feared. I do not want to create panic, but I do want the citizens to understand that this is very serious, and it's of the highest nature, and that's why we are taking this unprecedented move. The storm is now a Cat 5, a Category 5, as I appreciate it, with sustained winds of 150 miles an hour, with wind gusts of 190 miles per hour. The storm surge most likely will topple our levee system. So we are preparing to deal with that also. So that's why we're ordering a mandatory evacuation. 
this is a once in probably a lifetime event the city of new orleans has never seen a hurricane of this strength to hit it almost directly which is what they're projecting right now during the press conference blanco stated i want to reiterate what the mayor has said this is a very dangerous time just before we walked into this room president bush called and told me to share with all of you that he is very concerned about the citizens he is concerned about the impact that this hurricane would have on our people and he asked me to please ensure that there would be a mandatory evacuation of new orleans the leaders at the highest ranks of our nation have recognized the destructive forces and the possible awesome danger that we are in and i just want to say we need to get as many people out as possible the shelters will end up probably without electricity or with minimum electricity from generators in the end there may be intense flooding that will not be in our control which would be ultimately the most dangerous situation that many of our people could face waters could be as high as fifteen to twenty feet that is what the miami national weather service the national hurricane center has shared with us that would probably be ultimately the worst situation we are hoping that it does not happen that way we need to pray of course very strongly that the hurricane force would diminish but just remember even if it diminishes to one there were six people lost in florida when it was a category one hurricane so there is still imminent danger there seems to be no real relief in sight and it has been startling to see how accurate the path was predicted and how it is following the predicted path so we have no reason to believe right now that it will alter its path hopefully you know it could move just a little bit in one direction or another and not keep new orleans in its sights but we don't know that that would happen that would be we would be blessed if that happened jefferson parish the other major component of metropolitan new orleans never did declare a mandatory evacuation except for the lower parts of the parish on the gulf coast in a conference call among parish officials jefferson parish president aaron broussard said he did not have the resources to enforce a mandatory evacuation resource or enforcement issues however were not raised by any of the other parishes that declared mandatory evacuations in addition no one requested that the state or federal government provide resources to supplement those of the parish to implement a more complete evacuation finding the failure to order timely mandatory evacuations mayor nagin's decision to shelter but not evacuate the remaining population and decisions of individuals led to incomplete evacuation earlier mandatory evacuation could have helped get more people out while the mayor and the governor recognized the dangers and expressed them to the public they did not implement evacuation procedures for all of the citizens of new orleans that reflected the seriousness of the threat the results demonstrate the flaw of the evacuation tens of thousands of citizens did not get out of harm's way specifically the failure to order a mandatory evacuation until sunday the decision to enforce that order by asking people who had not evacuated to go to checkpoints for bus service and then using that bus service to take people only as far as the superdome 
did not reflect the publicly stated recognition that Hurricane Katrina would most likely topple the levee system, and result in intense flooding and waters as high as fifteen or twenty feet, rendering large portions of the city uninhabitable. As a result, more than seventy thousand people remained in the city to be rescued after the storm. While Blanco, Nagan, and Broussard, and leaders from other parishes, carefully managed the phased contraflow evacuation, that only facilitated the evacuation of those who had the means to evacuate the city. Nagan testified that on Saturday, August 27th, he called for a strong voluntary evacuation, urging all citizens that were able to evacuate the city. Although Nagan was rightly proud of the achievement of the contraflow evacuation of the region, he also conceded that it probably wasn't as good as we, all of our citizens, needed. Some citizens of New Orleans believed that a mandatory evacuation should have been called earlier, and that the government needed to assist people to evacuate. New Orleans citizen and evacuee Doreen Keeler testified, If a mandatory evacuation order would have been called sooner, it would have been easier to move seniors out of the area, and many lives would have been saved. She further testified that, Go into senior citizens with, Yo, this is a mandatory evacuation. You do not have a choice. You have to leave. I feel would definitely help me to get my senior citizens out, without waiting as long as I did in order to leave. And I think that if by some miracle there was any type of evacuation plan available, it could have been put into play earlier if a mandatory evacuation had been called. New Orleans citizen and community leader Diane French asked, Why would you get in a public media and ask a city where 80% of its citizens ride public transit to evacuate? What were they supposed to do? Fly? New Orleans citizen and evacuee Terrell Williams observed, I think, unfortunately, a lot of the destruction that we saw, that persons were unable to safely evacuate, was because they were basically poor. Which was echoed by Doreen Keeler. They suffered through it because they had no way of getting out. New Orleans citizen and evacuee Leah Hodges complained that the stray animals from the animal shelter, most of whom would have been euthanized, were evacuated two days before the storm, and the people were left to die. Buses that could have gotten our people, who otherwise could not get out, were left to flood, and people were left to die. And Barbara Arnwine, Executive Director for the Lawyers' Committee for Civil Rights, testified, We know that people were not able to evacuate because some people just didn't own cars. In contrast to New Orleans, officials in adjoining Plaquemines Parish cited their early declaration of a mandatory evacuation as the key to achieving a high evacuation rate. Plaquemines Parish President Benny Roussel, according to Plaquemines Parish Sheriff Jiff Hingle, declared a mandatory evacuation on television at 9 a.m. on Saturday, August 27th. Sheriff's deputies started working the intersections to turn off traffic lights and expedite outbound traffic. On Sunday, August 28th, Plaquemines Parish Sheriff's deputies went door-to-door, -to -door, 
to warn people to evacuate and to identify those who needed help doing so. Hingle said these efforts resulted in Plaquemines Parish having an evacuation rate of 97 to 98 percent, which helped account for the small number of fatalities there, only three. The shelter of last resort for those who could not or would not evacuate was inadequate. A critical part of evacuation planning is accounting for those who cannot evacuate on their own, including those without access to private transportation. State and local emergency operations plans task transportation agencies with primary responsibility to assemble buses and other resources to operate this response function. For example, Alabama's Mobile County EOP states, the principal mode of transportation during an emergency situation will be private vehicles. There will be citizens in Mobile County that do not have private vehicles, nor are able to obtain transportation. These people will be looking to the city and county government to provide this emergency transportation. The Mobile County Emergency Management Agency has been given the responsibility of managing and coordinating this task. An annex to the Baldwin and Mobile County plan is more explicit. Evacuation preparedness plans consider all persons who do not have access to a private vehicle and therefore would have to rely on public transportation for evacuation. Local governments attempt to arrange for adequate resources to meet the demand for public transportation. Planning for adequate special needs emergency transportation for residents in private homes is usually the responsibility of local emergency management officials, while transportation for those in health-related facilities is the responsibility of the individual facilities. Although detailed information concerning residents of private homes may be difficult to obtain, each local government is developing procedures for maintaining an up-to-date roster of persons likely to need special assistance. Non-ambulatory patients will require transportation that can easily accommodate wheelchairs, stretchers, and possibly life-sustaining equipment. Lack of resources for these needs could result in critical evacuation delays and increased hazards for the evacuees. The special needs population for each county changes from year to year and requires public cooperation and assistance to maintain an up-to-date listing. Similarly, the New Orleans plan specifically addresses the issue of those without access to transportation. The plan states that special arrangements will be made to evacuate persons unable to transport themselves. Additional personnel will be recruited to assist in evacuation procedures as needed. The New Orleans plan further warns that if an evacuation order is issued without the mechanisms needed to disseminate the information to the affected persons, then we face the possibility of having large numbers of people either stranded and left to the mercy of the storm or left in areas impacted by toxic materials. Specifically, the New Orleans plan provides that transportation will be provided to those persons requiring public transportation from the area, placing the Regional Transit Authority as the lead agency for transportation, 
supported by multiple federal, state, and local agencies, including the Orleans Parish School Board, New Orleans Equipment Maintenance Division, Louisiana Department of Transportation, Louisiana National Guard, Port of New Orleans, U.S. Coast Guard, New Orleans Public Belt Railroad, and Amtrak. The tasks allotted to the RTA include placing special vehicles on alert to be utilized if needed, positioning supervisors and dispatching evacuation buses, and, if warranted by scope of evacuation, implementing additional service. The New Orleans Plan expressly acknowledges that approximately 100,000 citizens of New Orleans do not have means of personal transportation. Following the mandatory evacuation order, city officials sent the police and fire departments through the city, asking people to go to checkpoints where buses circulating through the city would pick them up, but only to take them to the Superdome, which had been opened as a refuge of last resort that day. Despite the New Orleans Plan's acknowledgment that there are people who cannot evacuate by themselves, the city did not make arrangements for their evacuation. Instead, city officials decided to shelter them in New Orleans. As stated previously, emergency planners prefer evacuation to sheltering, because the sheltered population is subject to the most intense dangers of the storm. Evacuation is also favored because it may be slow and difficult to get relief personnel and supplies back into hurricane-ravaged areas. In addition, New Orleans' preparations for sheltering these individuals were woefully inadequate. On Sunday morning, New Orleans officials, instead of working to move individuals out of New Orleans and out of harm's way, were drafting a plan to seize private facilities to create additional refuges of last resort. Ultimately, city officials designated only the Superdome as such a refuge. As will be discussed later in this chapter, the Superdome proved to be inadequate for the crowds that had to take refuge there. Only at the last minute did the city ask for food and water and medical personnel for the Superdome. As discussed in the medical care chapter, some of the federal medical assistance teams were called in so late that they did not make it to the Superdome before landfall. On Sunday morning, the New Orleans Director of Homeland Security, Terry Ebert, predicted nightmare conditions in the Superdome. Individuals share the blame for incomplete evacuation. The role of the individual was also an important factor in metropolitan New Orleans' incomplete evacuation. In Louisiana, state and parish officials said that it is generally the individual's responsibility to evacuate or identify themselves as having special needs if they need help. State and parish officials noted varying degrees of cooperation with evacuations among the individuals in the general population. They said many residents evacuate early on their own, even before an evacuation is declared. These individuals watch the weather reports when a hurricane is in the Gulf and make their own informed choices. Officials know from experience, however, that some percentage, from 10 to 25 percent, will not evacuate. 
the governor and other state officials said some residents play hurricane roulette that is against the advice of the authorities they stay and take the risk that the hurricane will hit somewhere else or that they will be lucky and relatively unaffected select committee staff heard similar comments in mississippi testimony from county emergency management officials as well as mississippi's governor indicated that hurricane fatigue as well as the expense of repeatedly evacuating when storms threaten may have caused some to not heed the mandatory evacuation orders for example barber testified that various areas in the state had undergone mandatory evacuations for hurricane ivan in two thousand four and hurricane dennis earlier in two thousand five but in both instances the storms ultimately made landfall further east sparing mississippi both state and parish officials in louisiana said the older population some of whom might be classified as special needs make up a substantial portion of those playing hurricane roulette they said there are a few reasons for this first many of the older residents had experience sitting out earlier hurricanes such as betsy nineteen sixty five or camille nineteen sixty nine and reasoned they could sit out katrina second some of them were just set in their ways and would not listen to others advice even that of their own adult children to evacuate in addition katrina was originally headed for the florida panhandle and its turn to the west caught many residents by surprise finally it was the end of the month when people did not have money for gas to evacuate regardless of their reasons for not evacuating those that had the means to evacuate and did not do so must share some of the blame many of these people paid for their poor choices with their lives as rising flood waters drowned them in their homes others who stayed but could have left suffered the less severe consequences of walking through flood waters to crowded shelters or other high ground these individuals suffered in horrible conditions some with shelter and food and water and some without any of these while they awaited evacuation which they could have done for themselves earlier end of section seventeen